the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, stay tuned for the conclusion of last week's message. Filthy language out of your mouth. That ought not even be. How are you going to come to the house of God on Sunday morning and you got hallelujahs in your mouth and you singing on the choir and you playing on the band and you preaching from the pulpit and you ushering at the door and you counting the money and you praying for people. And, and then when it comes time to say something to the person who you stood before God, covenanted and committed your life to, either that or you're on your way down that road and they're a child of God and you're a child of God and yet out of your mouth comes some filthy, nasty, un holy language coming out of your mouth and don't you dare call it French no that's filthy communication out of your mouth Paul said take it off that ought not be amongst the children of God and when we're doing that to one another we are defaming the image of our God now watch this what does the unbeliever think when two believers are treating each other that way and talking to each other that way what do your children think when you calling their daddy out his name? When you calling their mama, their mother, the nurturer of their life out of her name? Oh, y'all looking at me like y'all mad. I told you you just might get mad. I don't even care. This is personal. Because in the house of God, these things ought not be. We have got to stop the violence, and we've got to stop it now, and we've got to stop it by talking about it and understanding it. And so this is a personal thing. We got to deal with it. And it's uncomfortable. And I know there's probably some folk going to go home with, with elbow marks all in their side today. It's okay. But we, we got to deal with this. We got to walk our way through it. But Paul admonishes, get our act together. You've been born again. You've been blood washed. You've been bought with a price. Christ paid too much for you to act like that. Then he says this. Not only does he deal with all this filthy language, he says, don't lie to each other. Verse number nine, do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Don't lie to each other. There are no degrees of lying. I know you want to call it a little white lie. Watch this. A lie is when you act out of the integrity of truth. So a lie might not necessarily be what you say. A lie can also be when you act out of the integrity of who you are. Some of us are living a lie. Because you, because you are a born-again child of God, but you're living like you're not. Because in your relationships, you are perpetrating domestic violence. And that ought not be between us. That should not be happening. We should not be speaking negative to one another. 
We should not be demeaning each other. Whether in personal relationships, whether that's husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, or just each other in Christ. We ought to be respecting each other. So he says, don't lie, don't lie. Don't, don't act out of or speak out of the integrity of truth. Let truth be what manifests itself through you. Walk, live in integrity. Is that all right? Y'all good? He says, he gives us a personal address. He gives us a personal admonishment. Thirdly, there is a personal acknowledgement that we need to have here. Personal acknowledgement picks up in 10 and 12, verses 10 through 12. I'm sorry, 10 and 11. It says, uh, Paul says here, uh, and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge of according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or no uncircumcision, barbarian or Scythian or slave but f- nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Here's something simple I just want us to do. I want us together to acknowledge a few things, okay? Four things I want us to acknowledge. I want us to acknowledge, first of all, that we have put on a new man, okay? But this is only for born-again people. If you're not born again, you can't acknowledge this. If you, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, you cannot acknowledge this. But together with me, just, I just want you to repeat after me, I acknowledge I have put on the new man. One more time. I acknowledge that I have put on the new man. Now, if you're born again, you should be able to acknowledge that. Now, that, that's number one. Number two, I acknowledge I have been renewed in knowledge. I acknowledge that I have been renewed in knowledge. There's things about God you didn't know until you got to be born again. There's things that God has brought to your understanding because you're a child of God. He has renewed in you a right mind, right knowledge. He's renewed it in you. We got to acknowledge that. I've got, I've got proper knowledge in my head. When I was a sinner, I didn't know how to do right because doing right wasn't in me. In me dwell no good thing, but now that I'm born again, I've been renewed in the knowledge of truth. Y'all still here with me? So we got to acknowledge that. Thirdly, thirdly, I acknowledge I have been renewed to his image. I acknowledge that I have been renewed to his image. We were born in this world, Christ created man crafted in an image, and after his likeness, sin came into the world, corrupted the image of God in man, marred it, did not destroy it, marred it, but yet God, through Jesus Christ, his death, burial, resurrection on the cross, he came and restored the image of us to God again. So we've been renewed to his image. Fourthly, I acknowledge Christ is all and in all. One last time. I acknowledge Christ is all and in all. Now, those four acknowledgments ought to take you very far. Now, we've just recited them here today. Maybe you wrote them down. Hopefully, if you didn't write them down, you get a CD, DVD, or something like that. You can have those things. But those four acknowledgments, if you can acknowledge those four things, one, that you put on a new man, two, that you've been renewed in knowledge, three, that you've been renewed to his image, and fourthly, that Christ is in all, or Christ is all, and in all, that ought to change my whole life's perspective. 
It ought to change the way I treat people. It ought to change the way I allow people to treat me. It ought to help us in our walk as it relates to this issue of domestic violence because we've got to stop the violence. This thing is personal. Y'all still here with me? Last thing and I'm out of your way. There, there, we, we've looked at the personal acknowledgments and the, the personal address and the personal admonishments. The last thing I want to talk about here is the personal appearance. Verse 12 says this. It says, um, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. What the Apostle Paul says here is as a result that you have now been born again, as a result that you have acknowledged who you are, a new man, a new woman, you've acknowledged these four things. You, you've got a personal appearance that ought to change. Your, your personal appearance ought not be the way it was before you were born again. In other words, the way you looked, the way you acted, the way you conducted yourself, your conduct, your character, it, it, it should differ, your appearance. And he utilizes this idea of clothing, your character as being your clothing. And he says, look, your clothing or your outward appearance and the way you conduct yourself, your character and your clothing and your appearance should change as a result of your new position in Christ Jesus. And so he walks us through, and I'll walk you through. He gives us seven personal appearance changes that will show up now that you are in Christ Jesus. Y'all still here with me? We're just going to walk through them right here. Um, Paul says, now that you are born again, now that you've been blood washed, now that you're a child of the living God, now that, that you've acknowledged that, that, that he's in you and you've been renewed to his image, now that all those things are true, you ought to be wearing tender mercies. I like this. I like this. You know, like folk come up on you and say, man, where you get that from? Well, who are you wearing? I'm wearing tender mercies. That's what folk ought to say about you. What do you mean by tender mercies, pastor? I'm wearing compassion. I'm wearing compassion for people. I'm wearing, on me is compassion because when I see somebody in need, I not only have pity on them, but I want to do something about it. I'm going to take action to help the problem that I see. Help me, Lord Jesus. So watch this. In relationships, if, if in relationships people had more compassion, what would happen would be this. When you saw your spouse or your loved one or your friend or your family member coming up short, your compassion would move you to act on their behalf to help them to get to where they want to be rather than putting your foot on them and talking about them and stomping them down. No, compassion says you're down. I'm going to come get you and help you up because I love you. Y'all still here? So he first of all says we need to wear compassion. That's, that's part of our new appearance. Our new appearance is, is tender mercies and compassion, kindness. That's the actions of benevolence. In other words, I'm, I'm going to be doing some things that are beneficial to the other people in my life. Y'all still here? I'm, I'm, I'm wearing kindness. And, and kindness uh, can go a long way uh, even in church life, Lord Jesus. Uh, I've had to say this many, many, many times, unfortunately, over the last year uh, to my ministry leaders and my ministry people. Can y'all just be kind to each other? Because, you know, church people can be mean. They can, they can. Matter of fact, I was talking to a pastor just recently, and he was telling me a quick story uh, about one of, his, one of his ushers. And he said, I got this usher in my church, and he said, she's just mean. 
He said, and everybody knows that she's just mean. I mean, ferociously mean. And so what happens when people come in and they see her, they kind of go the other way. Because nobody wants to deal with her because she's just a mean person. And so they've, they've gone through the process of, of trying to correct it and nothing was happening, no correction was happening. And so what they had to do is had to have a meeting. And the pastor says, look, I was having this meeting and he says, I had a little anxiety about the meeting because the, she was just so mean. And so I'm trying to, trying to help us. Hopefully, we don't have no ushers like that. See, I, I don't have, they don't sit me. I just come to my own seat, so I don't really know. So. I don't meet them at the door. Y'all meet them at the door, ushers, greeters, all that. But guess what? Kindness goes a long way. It goes a long way. So, sometimes, watch this, even if being kind sometimes means going out of your way to help to instruct, to give guidance, to show compassion. Just be kind. Some, I'm, I'm tell you, in your relationships, just try this. Just For those of you who are having a tough time, just, just try being kind. That goes a long way. I'm going to help you. I'm trying to help you right there. Humility. Uh, humility as opposed to arrogance, as opposed to being the one. I'm the one. It's all about me. No, it's not. Um, he says, your new, your new appearance ought to be that you're wearing humility, and humility is having a lowly attitude towards God. I'm, I'm, uh, you're humble. You're, 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 you're meek is the next one. Meekness, power under the control and the authority of God. Meekness. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness doesn't mean that I don't have the strength. I've got the strength, but I've put my strength under the authority of God that it might be exercised for his glory and not for my will. Y'all still here with me? So he, he's trying to help us. This is, this is how we ought to be dressed. This is how we ought to adorn ourselves. This is our new personal appearance. Uh, Long-suffering, bearing with one another. Lord Jesus, um, these are some long sermons right here. Long-suffering. Long-suffering. We ought to be wearing long-suffering. Pastor, what do you mean by that? What I mean by long-suffering is, listen to me, you are not always right. Help me preach this one. Can you turn to your neighbor and tell them, you are not always right. Just tell them. I know, I know they don't want to hear it, but tell them anyway, you are not always right. Amen. Amen. Tell them, you are not always right. And wait a minute, don't stop there. And tell them, and neither am I. Y'all catch that? <laughs> Long-suffering means I acknowledge that I am not always right, and I understand, watch this, that, that that's, I'm dealing with somebody who has the same problem that I have. I'm not always right, and they're not always right, and since we ain't both always right, I just got to bear with you. I got to deal with it. I'm dealing with an imperfect person. I got to bear with this imperfect person. Watch this. Keep in mind, when you're struggling with bearing with an imperfect person, remember you're an imperfect person. We're imperfect people dealing with imperfect people. We just got to learn how to deal with each other. We got to learn how to bear one another. We got to learn how to be patient with each other. I can be a whole lot more patient with you if I realize I'm not perfect either. 
But if you think you're perfect, then you, you have a hard time bearing with anybody else. Because everybody else is always wrong, and you always right. Bear with one another. This, this, is our new, this is our new appearance. This is new. This is new. This is what he, he, he encourages us to put on. Forgiveness for any and all offenses. There's no qualification here. Uh, when he talks about forgiveness, don't um, forgive one another. Bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Forgive each other. Forgiveness is a great necessity in any and all relationships. And one of the reasons why domestic violence rises so quickly and there's so much chaos in the midst of it is because people have a problem with forgiveness. And so instead of forgiving, they seek vengeance. Instead of uh, compassion and, and the other things that we've talked about that we ought to adorn ourselves with, um, they've adorned themselves with the opposite. But Paul encourages us. He tells us our appearance, uh, our new personal appearance ought to be different. It ought to be completely different from what it used to be. And we need to learn how to forgive each other. Pastor, why should I forgive when they did whatever, whatever, whatever to me? Well, you should forgive because Christ forgave you. That, that's number one, because Christ forgave you. And according to Matthew chapter 6 and Mark chapter 11, if you want him to forgive you in the future, uh, he says, um, I'm not going to forgive you if you won't forgive your brother or your sister. Okay? So if you want future forgiveness of God, you need to forgive your brother or sister right now. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? And can I just throw this in here too? This is extra. This is free. I'm going to help you live a little longer. If you forgive the person who offended you, you get to live longer because you have less stress on your life. Do you realize holding somebody else hostage who has gone on about their own life, they, they out in Tahiti somewhere sipping on martinis and you got your face all twisted up. You still mad about something they did 10 years ago? That's, that's tearing you up. Your blood pressure is probably too high based on the stress you holding hostage somebody who ain't even thinking about you. And sometimes they don't even know they did you wrong. So just let it go. Leave it over to the Lord. Let God handle it. Forgive them and go on about your life. Live a little longer. Live a little bit more in peace. Let your adornment look like Christ. Y'all still here with me? Above all these things, the last thing he says, seventh thing he said, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Put on love. Let, let your adornment, let your appearance be love, which is the bond of perfection. Love is what Christ did for us. When we were sinners, he died. He sent his only begotten son. While we were sinners, he died. He sent his only begotten son that whosoever will believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That was the love of God. That was the love of God. And he says to us, now you put on that same kind of love. We, we, it, it, it is the means by which we became one body in Christ. It's the means by which God connected us together into one body, which is Christ. Love. Love is the means by which he connected us. Watch this. Now, as you, as you bring that down, God connected us to himself through love. We connect to each other the same way. Love. Put on love. And all the attributes that love brings along with it. And so, watch this. So, so we're this one body, created in love. God did all this. Why, why did he do all this? Because he wanted it to be personal. He could have sent an angel to die for us. He could have sent Gabriel and Michael to die for us, but he did not. He wanted it to be personal because he wanted a personal relationship with us. 
This is personal. And so he did not want us to be fighting each other. He did not want us to be killing each other. He did not want us to be cussing each other. He did not want us to be disrespecting one another. He did not want us setting each other on fire. He did not want us breaking each other's legs and arms. He didn't want us throwing pots and pans. He didn't want us bankrupting each other. He didn't want us hurting each other. He didn't want this domestic violence stuff we see. He said, stop the violence. I died to make it personal. I wanted a personal relationship with you, and I died to make sure you had all the faculties and all the ability to live out a life that would keep you from that. If we would only take off the old man and put on the new, we would eliminate being the perpetrators of domestic violence. If we would take off the old, put on the new, amongst Christians alone, we would shut down domestic violence scenarios that are happening in the church, among church people, and sometimes even at the pastoral level, where the pastor is beating his wife, or his wife is beating him. Because oftentimes when we think domestic violence, we only think it's going to be on the woman. Sometimes there are some vicious women out there too. They got some good left hooks and frying pans and stuff like that. So women can be tough too. You know, you get a man that grew up and he was taught, don't never, never hit a woman. Well, he ain't never hit you, but you've been hitting him a lot. That's domestic violence. But if we change our appearance and live out the way God gave us and empowered us to live, we can completely eradicate domestic violence from the household of faith among believers. Now watch this. And if we do that, watch this, we can show an example to the unsaved world how it's really supposed to be. And then we could change the outside world. But it has to start at home. That's why I said to you, this is personal. We need to deal with this. Then we can go deal with it out there. It's hard for me to tell you don't beat somebody and if I'm beating them. If I'm guilty of the same thing, it's hard for me to be convicting. It's hard for me to, to be, have integrity to my, to, my, to my instruction. But when the church has authority in its instruction, when, when the outside world can look at the church and say, guess what? Domestic violence doesn't happen in the church because their appearance is like Christ. Then the world's going to come to the church and say, what do we need to do? What must we do to be changed? And that's our perfect opportunity to say to them, except you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, you can be saved. You can be saved. Once you're saved, God corrects the image in you, and you can adorn yourself with a new appearance, and we can change the whole world around us just by us living right. Father in heaven, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the challenge in front of us. I pray your Holy Spirit will bless now even those who have decisions to make. Maybe there's someone here today that doesn't know you, but Lord, they realize today the only way change can happen is that they've got to come to you. They've got to come to a place where they can die to themselves and become alive to you. They can be raised again with you, incorruptible, and be empowered by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. That They may be able to take off the old man, put on a new man by being part of your family. So God, I pray that you draw that man, that woman, that boy, that girl, that one that's closest to hell, draw them out of darkness into the light. 
maybe there's others, God, that are guilty today, and they need to confess. They need to repent. They need to right the wrong. I pray, God, that you would give them the ability to, today to be honest and operate in integrity before you in whatever their need is. Salvation, church membership, whatever the need, God, I pray that each person would act in accordance to your calling on their life. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.